0: What a great statement at the end there. If you plant yourself, you will flourish. Yeah. And life will do well. You really believe that, don't you?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. That's our heart for people.
0: Look, like I mentioned before, obviously it's impossible to uh, understand a 20-year journey in in 20 minutes. Um, But Nerida and I have had the incredible privilege and honour of being able to do that whole 20-year journey with you and we're still doing that journey today. So we wanted um, the church to get to know more about you, you as the people uh, as well as the pastors. So I just thought it'd be, be good just to start this morning with just some personal questions just to get you get to know you as people.
2: And, um, I think he means fun questions.
0: Yes, fun. That's, that's the word I missed, fun.
1: If they get too personal, Sue can start. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just to start off, um, so Pastor Sue and Pastor Chris, what's your takeaway of choice, takeaway food of choice? Oh. Mm. <sighs> Fast soup is pretty
1: tough to beat. Sorry, what was that, pho soup? Pho soup. So, What's pho soup? I've never heard of pho soup. But Vietnamese. Oh, really? Oh yeah, it's very good. It's a great plug for pho soup. You might think it's pho soup because it's, it's spelled P-H-O but it's actually correctly oh. pronounced pho. There you go.
3: There you go. Uh, anything that's takeaway and I don't have to cook is a bonus. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> anything. yes. Um, next question. What would you love to see come back into fashion?
3: Not the blonde fringe. (laughs) Not the chunky necklaces. Uh. Yes, Bethany. Well,
1: I I know it has made some sort of a reappearance, but um, not really for the general populace, but I'd actually think it'd be cool to see flares again.
0: Really, I yes? I think it'd be fun. Yes, be fun. be okay. fun. Goofy, goofy flares, yeah.
3: <laughs> I feel like we've been around long enough now that everything has come back in at some point. Yes, that is true. And what true. hasn't probably will next season. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. But so no the problem. moral is don't throw anything out because it will come back in one day?
3: I just think that's physically impossible. <laughs> yes. I'm down to
2: 40... No, I'm up to 44 pairs of shoes now, so... Wow, Uh, wow It's not working I think the only sad thing for Pastor Chris is um, The mullet can't come back for you, can it? Like in that video, It would be good if it could, yes
1: If it meant I could have hair, I would even have a mullet Would she? Uh, So, um,
0: Pastor Sue, I know you'll probably answer this next question with almost anything But what makes you laugh out loud?
3: Um... Pretty much everything. Yeah. I think you can see an upside to most things. Yeah. Um, what I think what makes me laugh out loud is the best laid plans when they go wrong. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. The bloopers reels, that's hilarious. Fail army is hilarious.
0: Yes. Yeah. Is
3: that does that mean I like other people's pain? I don't know, but I I do find it amusing.
0: <laughs> so do I. Yeah, I know, People right? trip upstairs, I can't help but laugh and then help.
3: It's bad, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Pastor Cruz, what makes you laugh out loud? Well,
1: good comedy does. I mean, straight away, Tim Hawkins comes to mind. I'm a big Tim Hawkins fan. Um, And then uh, I think uh, I love being up late with people. You know, you get up late and everyone gets overtired and then you just get past this point called sanity and you go left field of there. And as it gets later in the night you know and just everything becomes funny i do i find it hard to walk away from a table like that
0: yeah it's true me too and then you reflect the next morning you think that wasn't think funny at it was all it's nothing
1: funny at all but yeah. it seemed funny at the time yeah I love true that. so
0: pastor chris as well as pastoring new hope church amongst many other things you are a self-taught guitarist a budding author a budding artist A budding gourmet chef, where does your desire to learn new things come from?
1: Uh, I don't know. I've always been passionate about whatever I get involved with. But um, I think the desire to live life, you know, Mm -hmm. you realise you you only sort of go around this planet once. And so, you know, just the desire to maximise that, that's where I think it comes from. And I've always just had a natural propensity to go full on.
0: Yeah, I think we'd all agree we've, we've definitely seen that in you, what you're into, you're into, what you're passionate about. You want everyone around you to be passionate as well. I do, I'm a bit of a
1: salesman like that. Yeah.
0: Yes, and uh, I know I've been caught up in that as well. I've, I've got excited about pasta and different things and it's, uh, I don't even know what I'm excited about, but I'm excited <laughs> when I'm with you. And uh, Pastor Sue, you love people. You love big gatherings, conferences. You love to travel and adventure. Where does your endless energy and vibrancy come from?
3: Um, if I have endless energy and vibrancy, um, which I sometimes doubt, um, I think it would come from the fact that I just choose. I think I yeah. think life is a choice. Yes. Uh, and I became convinced a long time ago that, you know, you stole my line, but that's okay. Um <laughs> Uh, That, you know, you only get one shot at life, so you may as well live it, enjoy it. I I don't particularly like being down or depressed or sad, so although I know it's necessary, I would much rather choose to see the bright side and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Take the spontaneous moments as they come. I love spontaneity.
0: That's so true. And I think, uh, again, we would all agree that um, you are brilliant at bringing out the positive aspect in anything. Mm. If If there's a positive, you will find it and uh, put a light on it, which we really appreciate. So let me take you back to 2001, the moment you asked to take on senior leadership of New Hope Church. You've been successful pastors in a small country town uh, of Crow's Nest, Um, you've done well there and then next minute you're taking on a church of hundreds of people in three locations eight full-time two part-time staff you've got uh three children seven years and under you're 37 years of age when this happens how did
1: you feel oh it was exciting for at least two weeks (laughs) Uh, i think i was so excited i was before the official handover service, which was the 31st of July, um, I was in the office because Rod was out getting sponsorship for, uh, Japan and, uh, and I was running both churches in the two week interim, which looking wow. back wasn't the cleverest thing because we'd gone seven years pretty hard at Crowey's, should have had a break, but I was just too excited to get in the saddle. So I was like, Rod, you go and I'll look after it. And, Two weeks later, we had the official changeover, but it was exciting, there's no doubt.
0: Yeah. How, how did you feel, Pastor Sue? Uh,
3: I kind of feel like that season was a little bit of a blur because we had three children. Um, Reuben was 10 months old. And um, so, yeah, I was in the middle of child season, children's season, but I do remember just feeling very excited and very, probably very humbled about the next
2: season. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe point. a little inadequate as well, but that's okay.
0: Don't we all? <laughs>
2: that's okay. And as uh, Levi and Dean have alluded to this morning, we want this morning to be about um, gleaning from Pastor Chris and Sue and just drawing out wisdom from their life. And I know um, for me, I've had many people ask, how do you know when God's speaking to you? How do you know to say yes? How do you know to say no to opportunities that have come along? And so thinking back to that moment in 2001 when Pastor Rod came out to you, Um, and gave you the opportunity, asked you to take on New Hope here in Toowoomba, how did you know that that was a God opportunity? How did you know that it was God? How did you know to say yes to it? And what's your advice to us here today when we find ourselves in those situations where we are wondering, like, is this God? Is it not God? What should we do?
1: Me first? Um, Well, there's a bit of backstory to that. And that was that I'd been feeling, you know, at about the five-year mark at Crow's Nest, I was actually starting to wonder what we were going to do next, in a sense. I felt like I was a little bit visionless. Um, Even though the church was really going well, we'd seen a country town revival, literally. It was just an amazing thing to be part of. Um, And funnily enough, Rod was feeling the same way about this church as well. And, of course, our association with this church goes back to 1988. So we'd been on the journey for a long time before we went to Crow's Nest. And, um, and we were both praying and fasting, and we used to share and talk to one another. And we both knew we were in this, this season of God, what next, what next, which went a lot longer than any other season I've ever been in a season like that. And, uh, and yet when Rod came out, um, we did the spiritual thing first. Well, I did. I said, uh, you know, Rod said, well, we're off to Tokyo and we believe you guys are the ones. And I said, well, we'd have to pray about it, which was the spiritual thing to do. And, um, and we said our goodbyes. Rod drove off. We waved. And I turned and looked at Sue and I think we both just looked at one another and we laughed and we just knew. And we just knew. Um, and I think the issue was is that, we, you know, when it comes to hearing from God, you know, for yourself, often people neglect God, find themselves in a crisis and then want to hear from God. Yeah. And it yeah. can be really hard to do that. Yeah. What's far better off is stay connected with God, stay in step with God, be open to what he wants to do, be willing to say yes. And then when you find yourself at a T-junction, a major shift in life, you know, you're, you're in a good place. And so for us, it was, it was just pretty well instant, wasn't it? We looked at one another and we knew, and I'd rung Rod. I don't know what he thought was going, but mobile phones were fairly new at the time. But um, he was just getting to the end of the street. And it was like, yes, we've prayed about it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) How about you, Doug? That's Um, gold. That's very good.
3: I would say I've never been one to overcomplicate anything. I don't like things that are overcomplicated. So, um... I would say that it was simply our next yes, I think. Um, It was just that season of, you know, God presents something. I think we've always gone into things. Um, We came back here to this church in 1988. That was our next yes, um, when we went to Crow's Nest, that was our next yes. And wherever we've been, we've tried to really just be. This is there is no time frame on this. We're just in here until we feel like the next yes. And if there's no next yes, well then, we're here. Yeah. So we've been here for twenty years. But I feel like that moment was just our next yes. It was just simply a okay. So same. Same mission, different assignment. And I felt like in that moment, sometimes we get precious and grab onto a season or or a opportunity and we want to hang onto it because we're enjoying it or we're um, unsure about what the next season will look like if we let go of it. And I feel like we have always determined to live holding things very loosely, understanding and trusting God for every moment. And so when that moment came along... It was our next yes and it was quite uncomplicated until we got here. It was quite uncomplicated <laughs> to say yes. So yeah, I would say if, you know, if you're in a season where you, you feel like there's a change or you're really seeking God for something and just don't be precious about what you've got. Just be open-handed and trust God and when that moment comes along, then you can say your next yes.
2: Fantastic. The thing that I love about this part of your story is the kindness of God because you obviously had um, a heart for Crow's Nest. You loved where you're at. Mm. You loved that season in your life. And so saying yes to God didn't mean giving up Mm. that. Mm. So you said yes to God. You said yes to your next yes. You came into Toowoomba. You took on New Hope Church here in Toowoomba, but He allowed you to keep that. Mm. He allowed you to keep that thing that you loved. And still today, Crow's Nest is a part of the New Hope family, which is really exciting. And I think uh, the kindness of God for us in our life is that when we say yes, it's not a huge sacrifice. We're not giving up a lot because He will give us the things that we love and we get to hold on to some of those things as well. It wasn't giving up, but it was adding to something that you'd already been faithful and sewed into. And I just love that. I love that story for us um, as a people. So thinking about your story, you didn't grow up in church. Um, You said yes to Jesus um, as adults. So thinking about your story, what is one of your greatest joys of leading New Hope Church? Thinking about your story, where you've come from and being able to um, see people go on that same journey with Jesus. What's your greatest joy in leading New Hope Church? I think
3: my greatest joy is probably seeing people come in with a certain perception of what church should look like and being a little bit blown away by that. Yeah. But beyond that, I think my greatest joy is always seeing people um, just encounter more than they've ever expected and, and do life on a, a different level and yeah. experience life kind of to the full and, and just beyond what, like my experience, beyond what I could have expected. I think yeah. that's my greatest joy. Right.
1: Yeah, I, oh, gee, it's hard. I mean, I love seeing people do well in general, but I think if I was only allowed to ever see one thing through my ministry, I think it would be see people come to Jesus. And I think that's just indicative of, of my journey. I was a very broken young man, so many poor choices, and came to Christ at 21 years of age. And Jesus made such a difference. Such, it was such a revolution. And, and like, gave me my life back. And that's what I love to see people get. You know, because as a... You know, not just as a young person, but all people, you tend to live your life, you think it's yours, you you think you're making decisions that are going to make you happy. Often that doesn't give you what you thought it would. You become disillusioned and embittered sometimes or hurt and broken. And just the thought that Jesus can change all of that. Yeah. Even a really poor story can be turned around. And... I. You know, that's it for me. That is the bullseye of the kingdom
2: dartboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's what gets you up every day. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So I think um, a lot of people can feel like uh, pastors are immune to disappointment. Some people can think that um, as pastors, you know, bad stuff doesn't happen to you. So thinking about the seasons of life, thinking about the good, the bad and the ugly, what is it that motivates you to get up every day in every season of life, regardless of the disappointments, regardless of the great things that are happening, regardless of the season that you face your life, uh, that you're facing right now in your life? Oh, me?
1: You, yeah, you go.
3: Um, what makes me get up in the mornings? I, I think um, it's that that trust that beyond what I see or maybe feel, because I think sometimes our emotions can tell us it's a lot worse than what it is and can suck the hope out of us. I think it's just that absolute trust that I'm right where God wants me to be. And I may not, I may may make mistakes, I might not get it right every time, but I just know that this is the lane I need to run in. And every day I get to choose to do that or not do that. And so I would rather choose to do that because the alternative is probably to pull the doona over my head and do nothing. And I feel like um, I just want to keep going. I mean, I've just got this passion in me to do what God's put in my hand. And some days that's not easy. But nobody said it was going to be easy. And I don't ever want to feel like I have been not diligent with the assignment that's been given to me.
4: Yeah, good,
1: Mm. good. Well, I think on a totally natural level, uh, I just want to live my life. I don't want to miss a moment. And I think even, uh, you know, two weeks after we moved into the building, I had a major he- a health issue with my heart. And, uh, and that only focused me more on making the most of every moment. So that's a very strong natural motivator. I, I mean, I find it hard to go to bed because I just don't want to miss anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and... Uh, but on a spiritual level, when it's been tough and when it's been difficult, when you've been knocked down, uh, i I probably thank God for my early years. And it's, it's funny It's funny how scriptures come in and out of vogue. And some of these scriptures might not seem in vogue at the moment. But um, I remember uh, Paul writes, you're more than a conqueror. John writes in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I think there's got to be something in our spirit that we grab a hold of the promises of God and go, I am an overcomer and greater is he that lives in me. And, yep, it might feel like life sucks right now, but I've actually got a hope, an anchor for my soul beyond my present circumstances. And if I just keep getting up and keep going to the crease and batting or keep rowing my little canoe, at some point I'm going to come out from under the cloud and discover that life still is good. And, And the fact is we have been knocked down a few times. We've had our disappointments. But they've never stayed. We've outlasted every disappointment. And I think sometimes that's just what we need to do. We just need to determine to outlive our enemies.
2: Yeah. I love it. It's incredible, isn't it? And it's it's um, incredible, the power of the Word of God. And so um, the next question I want to ask you is very easy for you, Sue. Your favourite Bible verse. We know your favourite Bible verse is <laughs> Ephesians 3.20. So speak to us about the power of one verse. Speak to the power of that verse over your life and over the situations you face over the seasons yeah. that you've been in.
3: So Ephesians 3.20, if you are not aware, is my, my I believe God gave it to me very early on and is my life scripture. And it is simply this, that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ever ask for, imagine or dream of. And I guess I've seen that in my own life. I've seen God, you know, if I think this would be awesome, I've always, God is such a show off. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like, he's like, I see that, but I raise you this much, you know, yeah, like, definitely. and I feel like in every area of my life it's applied. You know, I feel like in our marriage, it has been exceedingly abundantly above what I could have ever imagined, asked for a dream of, and in our, in our children. You know, the the joy of seeing our kids and raising our kids and even who our kids are and the amazing people they are, exceedingly abundantly above what I could have ever asked for, imagined or dream of. This church and the the vision that, you know, we have um, together for what we will do even in this space, exceedingly abundantly above. Who would have thought... All those years ago when I first rocked up to Neal Street, it was back then, mm. I think I came on the Sunday that we were taking the chairs from upstairs to downstairs because we could no longer fit upstairs, which was great because it was really hot upstairs. Um, who would have thought that in in this many years we would be sitting in something like this with yeah. the land that we have and the vision that we have for making this a really holistic place of health for for the community. And I think in your own life, um, if you can grab that, and I, there's a, a lot of power, I think, in, in speaking scripture into your life. You know, no matter where you find yourself, whether you're in a season that is great or challenging, God can do exceedingly abundantly above. And not only can He, but He continues to do so. Yeah. And so even if it's challenging, and you think this would be the answer to, to get me out, God can always, He's so kind and so amazing. He'll always go further. If you're in a great season, He'll always go further. Yeah. And so I just think, for me, it's just been a key in the way I see God and understanding the
2: way that He sees me. Yeah. Brilliant. How about you, Pastor Chris? You might not have one verse that you want to share. In no, the first I was, was going to so say, it's normally many? whatever
1: verse I'm preaching is my favourite <laughs> on the day. That's right.
2: So <laughs> talk to us about the power of the Bible. Talk to us about the power of the Word of God in your life.
1: Well, I, I think if it come, comes down to... A scripture I've had to live my life out of. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It's long, Um, and uh, it's the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not, you know, earthly, but they're mighty in God and effective to pull down strongholds, casting down vain imaginations and everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing every thought into the captivity of Christ. So it's a bit of a mouthful, but the whole thing is about renewal of the mind. And because as a young man and coming to Christ as a very broken young man, you know, my mind was a mess. My emotions were a mess. Everything about me was a mess. But um, uh, God had to really renew my head. And it's become my favourite verse that I've lived out of. Many of you that are sitting here, if you've talked to me about anxiety and you've talked to me about Maybe guilt or shame or things pressing back into your minds. You've walked away with a piece of paper with Second Corinthians ten four and five written on it. I'm convinced every Christian should memorize it, um, because that's where the battle happens, and uh, and it's won or lost in your thinking, and uh, the biggest battleground is between your ears. And I think we need to learn that, and so uh, that has just been a scripture that. Whenever anything co- pushes into my world, pushes into my inner world that is not what God says about me, then I, that's, that's my verse, my go-to verse. Yeah. Capturing thoughts, bringing everything back to what Jesus says about me, and that's where I find hope to just keep going on. That's where I find faith to believe for great things. That's where I think, you know, that's where the enemy is defeated. Right there, yeah, before yeah. you ever take a step out the door.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's gold. That's gold. We're stronger than we think we are. God can do more than we think he can do. And we've taken a, a moment to, uh, to look at your journey to get you to this point. I, I just want to take a, a couple of moments to look at uh, the future. The future of New Hope Church. Um, what you see. Uh, and I'd just like to start with asking... What would you love to be remembered for, or remembered as, and why?
3: Me or you? You. Me, okay. Um, I think I would like to be remembered for, I don't know, maybe being someone who was always on your side. I'd like mm-hmm. to be remembered for someone who continuously encourages people, who sees the best in situations, who is undeterred by the challenges in life, um, and I'd I just, I'd like to probably just be remembered for someone who was just a championer of people. Yeah, yeah, I
1: guess.
0: Brilliant, and I think we would all agree that you do that very well.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I think very similar. I'd like to be remembered as someone who believed in people, and who created opportunity. Mm. Um, for people to express, to be everything that they believe God's created them to be, everything that he's put on their life. Um, Yeah, someone who created opportunity and believed in.
0: Yeah. What do you see
1: as the future for New Hope Church? Where do you see us going, becoming? Well, I mean, there's a, a, you know, obviously you think about what we've been blessed with here with... um, with a footprint in the city, but I think the church always goes way beyond this. As important as facilities are, they just facilitate something. And that something is people. That something is people growing and learning. And I, I do oversimplify this, I don't make any apologies for it, but I really do believe Jesus only told us to do one thing, and that is make disciples. Yeah. And if we build people, Christ can build the church. And so the future is always only ever going to look like people to me. People and God, God and people, that is the church. Yeah, wonderful.
3: And I think for me, I would love the future to look more like an unfolding of what it is now. So I would love to see us continue to smash that in or out mentality. Yeah. I would love us to continue to grow into a place that is... Um, real, authentic um, and we are that but continue to grow into that somewhere where anyone can come at any point in their journey and just feel like they fit that they're part of the family that they can hop off the journey and come back in without feeling like they've hopped off the journey and come back in that it would just feel like family and I think that's important to me because it's exactly what God's done in my life you know I, I started my life um you know, rejected as a, a child, adopted into a family um, my whole life as an only child and coming into church life and, and finding family and finding acceptance and finding people who would walk the journey with me and continue to walk the journey with me despite my stubbornness, despite my mistakes, yeah. despite who I am and I think that's the church of the future I think the church of the future is a church where people can just come and find hope. I think the church is hope for humanity. Jesus is hope for humanity. People should always come here and find it a place of hope, not a place of judgment or condemnation or in or out. This is an open door, warm hug place where no matter where you find yourself, you should be able to find yourself as part of the family. So that's what I see.
0: Wow. I love that. I love that. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I know, right? That's a great church. (laughs) Um, Final question. If you could say anything to the people of New Hope Church, what would you love to say to them? You
3: first. (laughs) You first. Jeez. This
1: allows me time to think of good answers.
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Or to pick up the things I missed. as a church, I'd just like to, I, I'd really like to thank you I think, you know, this is never ever, and i why I was so uncomfortable about sitting here talking about us today is, it has never been about us, yeah. it's always been about us, yeah. and so I, I just, you know, I want to thank you for everyone who's been part of the journey, you know, I looked at the screen and I think it's still up there, and I see you know, people who have been part of the journey that, a big part of the journey that are no longer with us, and I just feel so honoured and privileged to have done 20 years with a group of people like yourselves who have just been determined to bring um, your particular gifts, talents, strengths and add to what we have. It would not be the same. You know, I look at the church as a as a beautiful, maybe a garment that is just woven with so many different threads and colours and textures. And, and I, I just want to thank you for being that. This is so not about us. It's never been about us. It's always been about getting alongside and doing what needed to be done. And so I think I would want to say thank you. Thank you for being the family that you know I so desperately wanted as a younger person and uh, for believing in us and, and doing the change with us and doing the crazy seasons with us. And Recovering from the crazy seasons and all the setups, pack downs, buildings, whatever we've done, yeah, you know, thank you. Yeah. It just wouldn't be the same without you.
1: Yeah, and and that's where I'd start. Is uh, it's just an incredible privilege to to lead people, and for to res, to have people's trust is a it's a massive thing, and it's not taken for granted. It's um it's. It's just a wonderful thing. So thank you, thank you, Church, for um, just being on the journey with us. As a pastor, if you've given me a free hit yes, yes we two, are. I'd have two things to say to the people of New Hope Church, um, and to, to anyone, not just us, but to anyone, if you, if you really said to me, what, what, you know what would you what's your advice? I'd say two things. One's on the negative, one's on the positive. On the negative side. It's, I'd talk about offence and getting offended, getting wounded, getting hurt, which happens to us all. Welcome to life on a broken planet. It does happen to us all in varying degrees. What I'd say is you can't afford to hang on to that, that offence. That is poison that will kill you. So do whatever you have to do to get your heart free, to keep your heart free, to walk free of offence. You will do your whole life a favour. I've seen a Offence destroy more people than any one other thing I've ever seen. Destroy more futures, destroy more joy, destroy more marriages, destroy more relationships, ministry partnerships. Let's determine to keep our hearts free. And the second thing, on the positive side, what we can do to stoke the fire. So that's how you can stop putting the fire out. How to put more, uh, another log on the right fire is I would just love everyone to be a Bible journaler. (laughs) Oh, journaling. Uh, I I know we don't talk about journaling much. Yeah, it's um, a new concept. What's that about? (laughs) But I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, our anchor in this world, it's got to be beyond the hope of this world. And Scripture is inspirational. Scripture is truth. It's promise. It's it releases hope it releases faith faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god and so my big encouragement would be you know just get in and learn how to interact with your bible um you know honor it enough to write it down to write your journal that your journey down and uh that will serve you well keep your heart free and your head full of the word of god and you'll do all right
3: can i add one more thing
1: Yes. yes. Peter
3: and Jenny Aspen are in this room somewhere. And um, I just really want to thank them. You know, years ago, I know you look at us and you think, wow, these, you know, well, maybe you look at us and think, wow, these guys are doing okay. But years ago, um, Peter and Jenny Aspen were our pastors and we were difficult, complicated, recalcitrant young people. With so a lot could, of baggage. Sue so couldn't
1: make up her mind whether she wanted to marry me or not. And that we, created a lot of hassle.
3: Apparently so.
1: <laughs> do, do you
0: want to continue this conversation?
1: If at, you know, you know, on.
3: right? <laughs> but I want to just take a minute. You know, we, we've talked a lot about us, but none of this would be possible without Peter and Jenny yeah. who believed in us. Um, who saw more in us than anybody could ever see and were totally gracious to us. So if you want to thank anybody other than God, you should thank Peter and Jenny and they're in here somewhere. So find them and either thank them or not.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think as a church, we we have um, got to know the people beyond the platform a little bit more this morning. And I think we would all agree that Everything you've spoken about today has been your life message. You've modelled it, you've applied it, you've lived it as examples, um, you've encouraged it within others. And we wouldn't be the church that we are today without you as our senior pastors. And we are so, so thankful for you. And it's been such an honour and a privilege to be able to celebrate you today, and as part of the celebrations, um, as a church community, we've got some gifts that we'd like to present to you. So, church, if you'd like to stand, I'd like to ask Adam and Janine Grant—they're also on the eldership team—to come forward. And uh, yeah, let's welcome Adam and Janine. And Adam and Janine have got some gifts that they're going to present to Pastor Chris and Sue, and uh, and then they're going to
4: pray. Why don't we pray a blessing on our pastors? Who's thankful? Yes. Who's thankful? I'm thankful for these guys. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for a young couple that said yes. Yes to the purposes of God. Just said in their heart, yep, we'll go with you, God, into the unknown. God, for their life well lived, a life of humility, of generosity. Of leadership, of staying in the saddle, even when the times are tough. God, of giving of themselves weekly, daily, to leading beyond our community of people in Toowoomba into the nations, of believing in people and seeing more in them. God, I'm so grateful for that story of 20 years in Pastor Chris and Pastor Sue. For that, God, we pray an incredible blessing. And as we've heard that Scripture, a blessing beyond anything they could dream or imagine. Father, I pray it for their lives personally, that their souls would prosper, their life would be full and rich. God, that their best days would be ahead of them. God, for all that they've given and and their family as well. God, the blessing to extend to their children, to their grandchildren, to the generations to come. God, more than they could ever dream or imagine. And God, the work of their hands to date and into the future. God, that they may see something that they never thought they would see in the work of Your church on planet Earth. We pray this in the incredible name of Jesus Christ. Amen.